Okay, everybody, are you ready? Give me a J. J. That's it. J Horror on this episode of Attack of the Killer Podcast. Attention, planet Earth and beyond. Stay tuned for Attack of the Killer What? Hello, all you fine listeners out there. Tis I, Insane Mike, and this is Attack of the Killer Podcast. I am your host with the most. This is episode 298, and we will be talking about a popular genre of horror known to the world over as J-horror. Now, if this is your first time listening to the show, let me uh, give you a little heads up on what this show is all about. We're a group of friends. We hang out. We talk about horror films with a topic. We talk about films within that topic. We're just hanging out. We're friends. There's going to be spoilers. So suck it. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Now, if you do like the show, I urge you to help support us through our very own special Patreon. The website is jointheattackers.com. There, you do way more than just donate to the show, you become part of the Attack of the Killer podcast family that we call an attacker. Now, as an attacker, you get all kinds of perks uh, that those normies would only dream of. You can get everything from bonus episodes to videos such as Killer Critiques and see Mike's Women in Top 10 list, video updates. You get your own membership card, certificate, and sticker. You even get shout-outs on the show, like these amazing kick-ass people. That's right, like Timothy Lennerer, Roman Doppelfeld, Larry Watanabe, Brett Royer, Seth Key, Jessica Irish, Chris Cook, Brian Gutzel, Stefan Sitter, Brandy Moore, Andrew Moeller, Rod Hutchinson, Carmen DeHaig, Abraham Moreno, Jacob Book, Andrew Bentler, Casey Kelderman, Tony Miller, Mike Clayton, Rose Talashoma, Abe Kirshner, Lisa Cavalier, Holly Barrett, Greg Diedrich, and Bill Fisher, comedian Bill Fisher. <laughs> That's that's the list. Thanks, everybody. There are so many perks to becoming an attacker that I can't even name them all. Well, that's not true. I can. I just don't want to. You can find out for yourself by going to jointheattackers.com. Sign up. Become part of the Attack of the Killer podcast family. Again, that site is jointheattackers.com. And now it is time to introduce you to... The podcast crew. He started listening to a podcast by two chemical engineers. He doesn't understand what they're talking about, but he says they give great chemistry. Jason. Oh, welcome to Pun City, everyone. Thank you so much for listening. Take me down to the Pun City when I'm grinning. No, no. <laughs> he started an all-new podcast about little blood-sucking bugs. It's called TikTok. Tad. Hey y'all, thanks for listening. Oh my goodness. Well, it's getting worse every episode. <laughs> I know I meant better. Okay, thank you. Now it's uh, it's opposite day. <laughs> <laughs> if you're wondering what else we've been watching outside of movies for the show, now you're gonna know because here's Tad with what we watched. 
don't know about you guys, but we're in mid-October. It's like prime horror time, and mm-hmm. I unfortunately have been forced to sort of stay home and isolate, so I'm finally getting some uh, horror checked off. But, man, after okay. it took, yeah, almost, we're, we're 10 days in, uh, you know, pull back the curtain. Um, but how about you guys? Have you been up to any horror watching, Jason? Uh, well, you know, actually I have seen a couple things, um, which is shocking, really, with the little yeah. time that I do. Yeah, how? How did uh, you... I think uh, Michelle fell asleep with her legs on my legs, so I couldn't get up. Uh, and so, like, I might as well watch something since I'm trapped here. Yep. Chew your own legs off. <laughs> and the first thing I watched is this brand new movie from Grant Singer called Reptile. Following brutal murder, following the brutal murder of a young real estate agent, a hardened detective attempts to uncover the truth in a case where nothing is as it seems. It never is. And by doing so, dismantles the illusions in his own life. The stars Benicio Del Toro and Justin Timberlake and Alicia Silverstone. That's right. One nice. of your girlfriends. Back. Yep. Um, and lots of other cool people. And it's uh, it's awesome. I think it was great. I always, uh, I've, I've never been like, I mean, okay, so I like Benicio. He's great and all, but like I've never been like that dude's awesome. Cuz I, I feel not like your favorite Del Toro. No. Well, no. And like <laughs> well, and like I just I thought he mumbled too much through like most of his career. I don't know what it is. I just picked that and then been like, "Ah, you know, whatever. He's cool." But he was great in this. He's um, you know, that hardened You still haven't watched Wednesday, have you? Wednesday, the Netflix, Netflix the show? series, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay, never mind. Um, because I thought he was great in that. Yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> but uh, what is he in that? He's Gomez. No, he's not. No. But who am I thinking of? Yeah, yeah, that's not him. I didn't want to. <laughs> who am I thinking of? Well, now I gotta Google it. Benicio is like he played the Wolfman in the reboot. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Okay, yeah. I'm dumb. Go on. <laughs> oh no, I want to see who it was. Uh, Luis Guzman. That's dang right. it, man. You weren't even close. I was not close. Wow, wow. So yeah, um, but he's great in this, and uh, Justin Timberlake's really good in it, and Alicia Silverstone's really good in it. I believe it's on Netflix. It's totally good. Um, and then I'm really excited that I watched like a real horror movie because that one's more of a crimey drama type shit that I like, you know. Thriller. Threaten. Yep. Uh, but this one's a horror movie. And I'm excited to watch it because it uh, was written by a couple pals of ours Scott Beck and Brian Woods. Oh, I watched it too. It's called The Boogeyman. Awesome. I've. I feel really, really bad that this is the first one of their movies that I haven't seen in the theater. Yeah. You should. Feel bad. You yeah. didn't. I know. So yeah, you but feel I, bad too. Oh, I do. But I also yeah. watched it. And um, this stars uh, Sophie Thatcher. Um, we like her from Tad's show called Yellow Jackets. Oh, wow. Good yes. job, Brain. 
Um, and so she's in this. All of our brains are just <laughs> fried right now. Dude, I can't even. <laughs> um, yeah, she's in it. And um, directed by Rob Savage. Yeah, I don't recognize many of those movies. Anyway. That's Fred Savage's other brother, right? Um, it, it does star Chris Messina, who I've always really liked and wanted him to be in a lead role, so I'm glad he always... I'm glad that he is in this. And I also really like David Dashmalchia. Yeah. He's, he's awesome. I love seeing him pop up in more stuff. Yeah, I wish... I mean, he is so fucking perfectly cast for this. I just wish there was more of... I wish there was more of those, too. Yeah. For real. Um, what'd you think of this, Tad? I literally just finished it, like, 20 minutes ago. Wow. So I, like... Wow. I was almost like it, the credits were rolling as you like, jumped hey, on. Let's we jumped, go. <laughs> yeah, as we jumped on the podcast. Uh, some of it was really cool. I like uh, what's her name, Sof Sophia, Sophie, Sophie Thatcher. I really like her. Yeah, uh, and I really felt for her family in this movie. Um, the boogeyman himself. Uh, I get. I don't know if this is a spoiler, but like gave me big and i shouldn't do this but it gave me big like quiet place vibes okay like the creature from that and maybe my brain's just going beck and woods right right um but it had some really cool shots the one that they sort of spoiled in the trailer with the girl who rolls like the light globe under her bed oh Oh, fuck that that'll make you fucking jump there's a lot of great jump scenes in this it definitely gave me blumhouse vibes but it's not a blumhouse movie Yep, I agree with that. The Blumhouse vibes. It has the whole like ominous green and reds and very uh, the uh, insidious verse. Yep. vibes to it. Um, but it's not. It's but it's fun. It. I liked it. I can. I'm glad that because originally I think it was supposed to go straight to streaming. It tested well enough that they decided to put it in theaters. Um, I don't think it did great, but it did enough. So. Yeah. Oh man, I don't want to. I mean, I yeah. I all the things you said, but I also didn't like it. Like I just, I don't know. It's Pretty like, generic. That's was it the writing? Yeah. Oh no. <laughs> that's why I didn't want to. I don't. I didn't know how. I'm sitting there. I'm like, no. These guys but, are perfect. Oops. <laughs> there, there's a third writer on it too. Oh, he's oh Blaine. He fucked it all up. He he probably came in and did the second draft and just fucked everything up. That's probably yep. it. Yep. I mean, there's no, there's no remnants of a Stephen Kingness to it, to me. Not that, no. uh, you know, whatever that is, besides taking place in that one town. But uh, Derry, I remember. Good job, Brain. Um, yeah, just uh, and the Boogeyman was great. I just wish they just showed less. Yeah. Less was better. But um and then yeah, then I just I just got so I just was like this is too generic. I was getting, started getting mad at it and I'm like, dang it. This can't like I ended up being heartbroken. I'm like Scott and Brian, what happened? What is why? What is what? So I I'm just bummed that I wasn't like It can't all be winners. Yeah. 
and, you know, and there's, we all know there's a million reasons how there's a lot of th- hands that a film goes through before it gets to your eyeballs. So where, where is this at? Where can you see it? I don't Hulu. remember. Hulu. Uh, Hulu. Okay. Yeah. But definitely check it out. I, I want to, you know, I support them. So yeah, it looks good. It feels Blumhouse. I mean, it fits right in. It's, I mean, yeah, it totally looks great. And the fucking jumps that it's not that it's just jump scares. Like you think of jump scares as a bad thing, but like, the scenes with the jump scares in them are fucking creepy as fuck and, and like are really good. There are definitely times I'm like, I might have made a noise out loud. You know, like really good stuff. <laughs> Wasn't even here and I guaranteed <laughs> that you did. I know it. I know it. So uh those were the two things that I watched. What about you, Mike? Have you had any time? Guys, guess what I watched? Guess Wh- guess what? guess what I finally watched. What? Pearl. Fucking Ooh. finally! I know, I know. Did you love it? I did. I, I really good. I, I did really, really like it. Um, you know, I sitting here at sitting there at one point thinking, "This is this a horror movie?" A slow, well, there's that. Yeah, <laughs> is this a horror movie? Uh, but also, like, this is a really slow burn. Oh, but I'm invested. Yep. So they did a good job. Well, Ty West, I feel like he always does a good job with the slow burns as far as how my brain operates. So he can he has the magic touch to entertain me with slow burn slow burns. But it was great, gorgeous, beautiful movie. Holy cow. It's really really cool looking. That scarecrow, guys, with the like human face on it. Yeah. It's freaking mm-hmm. me out the whole time. I was ready for that thing to like <laughs> start moving and stuff and it never did but yeah really good um yeah i don't know what else to say that you guys probably haven't already said about it but when's that third one ever gonna happen how about that right? last scene with her that nine minute scene one take oh my god yeah how does she not like win all the actress awards right. just for memorizing it alone <laughs> let alone the fact that the performance was really compelling oh my gosh yeah yeah not since Nightmare Sisters have I seen somebody All right. do so Just much dialogue it. in what? What? Well, okay. <laughs> a weird comparison, though. Very. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite the uh, compliment, but. <laughs> a comparison. Okay. Do I, yeah, Pearl, Pearl was great. Can't wait for the third one if it ever, ever happens. So It's filmed. It just hasn't been. Uh, oh, good. Yeah. I, I don't know if A20. Well, A24 has been getting like a pass from the. Uh, from SAG straight, because yeah. yeah because they're actually like obliging to all their demands so uh, I don't know what's going on I thought it was supposed to come out this year yeah. and haven't seen a trailer yet so it's just so crazy I mean I know those movies were made back to back X and Pearl but they came out so quickly with with one another and now the third one's like just taking forever the other thing I want, I only got a chance to watch one other thing, but the other thing I watched was a series at least. Uh, Simon and I um, uh, just wrapped up season three of Only Murders in the Building. We're big fans of that show. It's the Selena Gomez, Steve Martin, and Martin Short um, show. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's pa- Paul. Uh, yeah, Paul Rudd's in this season. Yeah. And, um, what a cutie. Mm. Dreamy. And uh oh my god. Oh Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep's in this season as well. Ooh, um, dreamy. <laughs> <laughs> so it was a really good season. Uh they've already signed on for a fourth season, which is good because there's a big ass cliffhanger at the end of the 
And the third one. It's just it's got a great mix of Steve Martin and Martin Short style of humor, but also with really smart writing and uh and then a fun murder mystery with all of it as well. So if you've never seen the show, Jason, I recommend it. Although I know you're not a Martin Short guy. No. So yeah, probably not, but well, definitely for some, Steve Martin. Some journalist wrote like an op-ed about like how Martin Short wasn't funny and we needed to stop pretending he was. Thank you. I agreed and, that. Bullshit. He's hilarious. Like, every comedian and actor in history that has legendary status just ripped this dude to shreds. He'll probably <laughs> never write another good. article again. Oh, I support this guy. The Martin Short like it's some of the funniest stuff I've ever seen is when Martin Short and Steve Martin do talk show interviews. Yeah, I was going to say Conan together. Oh, when they're when, on Co- when, Oh my god. They just they just rip Conan. It's so funny. Yeah. Or or Martin Short just sits there and rips on Steve Martin the whole time. It's yeah. so freaking or ev- funny. Or it just rips on everybody on the stage. <laughs> yeah. He's just got great timing, you know. He does. Anyway, that's uh that's all I watched. How about you, Tad? I've watched quite a bit. Maybe the most I've watched in a long time. Um, I went to my annual uh, Manhattan Shorts Film Festival viewing. uh, Right after we recorded the last episode, and there were so many fantastic shorts. Uh, There was this one called The Family Circus, and basically, like, I'll try to keep these as short as possible because there's like a dozen of these. I'm not going to go through all of them, just my favorites. Um, but this one is so such a, a good concept. Basically, this drunk dude runs his car into like a moving pod, like this family's moving in next door. He's drunk and snowy out. It's like Christmas Eve. He runs into this pod. He knows he's going to lose his license. So he goes inside the house. His brother's like, I'll take the blame. I won't lose my license because I don't have any charges against me. They call the cops. They set it all up. Uh, him and the dad are trying his dad are trying to like act and play it off, but they're not being very smooth. And the cops sort of suspecting things. He's like, can I come in and use the bathroom? He comes in and he's like, they're like, it's two in the morning. And he's like, just be nice. And the mom's like, did you want a piece of ca- a pie? You know, it's Christmas or whatever. And he sits down and then the drunk brother comes downstairs and he's like, Oh man, I ran into that thing. And it just becomes super tense. Like the cops like, what do you mean? What's going on? And it's, it, but it's very funny. Uh, very funny situational <clears throat> comedy, very well acted. Uh, there was some, that one, the, there was one called The Stupid Boy about this suicide bomber who tries to blow up this uh, little market in this area, and this autistic boy goes up and gives him a hug right as he's about to pull the the switch and stops him just with his love. It was very touching. Mm-hmm. Uh some really oh my favorite you guys would fucking love this one it seemed like something i play at snaf called voice activated and it's this uh guy who sells flowers for weddings and events but he has a stutter his car breaks down so he rents a, a new car from like hertz and turns out the car is completely voice activated but he has a stutter so everything <laughs> fucking goes wrong <laughs> everything that could go wrong he's, he's trying to find this venue and it's like where would you like to go? And he's like, uh, 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 and they're like, triple A, we're calling. And he's like, no, no, no. And they're like, North third. And he's like, uh, uh, and, and he just, it just oh my keeps. Goodness. <laughs> and it's so, it's so fucking frustrating to watch, but funny. Yeah. And, uh, you know, eventually he figures out like if he, with his stutter, if he just screams the thing, thinks about it for a second and screams it rather than tries to speak it, it works. 
So he just starts screaming at this car, and he's like, <laughs> take me to North Third! And it, it's like, taking you to North Third. And it's like reading an audio book, and he's like, stop the audio book! And then uh, he gets to the venue just in time, and they're very nice, and they're like, very sweet. Thank you so much. Your flowers are beautiful. And this woman's there, and she's like, do you do flowers for other events? And he starts um, going on this sort of <coughs> sales pitch about what they do and he's stuttering and stuttering and everybody's sort of, it's getting tense. And he's like, you know, we try to sell, sell, sell fre- 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 the fre- fre- freshest fl- 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 flowers. And he stops himself and he's like, roses, <laughs> tulips. And he's screaming at this wedding venue and he finishes. And the woman's like, just has a sort of smile. And she's like, well, they're beautiful. We'll be giving you a call. Like they, they find, they understood what was going on and accepted Aww. it, but it was, but it was just so, Funny, the again situational humor of this guy, like, and and the director he introduced it. They they do a little video before, and he's like, you know, what what welcome to my 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 short film. Thank you for coming. And he actually has a stutter, and he's had this oh, wow. problem using yeah. like Siri and using you know all these voice activated things. He's like, this could be a film. So it's it's nice. Yeah. So it's basically his life. Uh, really, really fantastic. Uh, again, that one's called Voice Activated. I. I recommend if there's I'll have to see if it's online somewhere very good um, I watched Spirit Halloween the movie I think mm-hmm. it's on Shudder it? yeah uh, Shudder yeah has uh, what's his name from Back to the Future uh, Lloyd uh, Christopher Lloyd Christopher Lloyd that's about the 40. nicest thing I can say about it oh no uh, it's just not my thing it's sort of cool but it's like it's gimmicky it's like these kids sneak in and they they hide in a spirit Halloween to stay all night as a dare and the, the animatronics come to life. But it's like, it feels like a big uh, commercial product. For yeah, a big way. a big product placement bullshit. It, yeah. It's probably good for like gateway horror for modern kids who'd all know what spirit Halloween is. But uh, didn't love that. Um, I watched Totally Killer. Have you guys heard about this? Totally. Yes. Yes. It. Yeah. It just came out on Prime, right? Yes, so it has Kiernan Shipka, who's Sabrina, and she was on Mad Men. Uh, cool. Yeah, she's like a teenager in modern times. Her friend is building a time machine. Uh, there's an infamous killer in their town. Uh, he's the Sweet 16 killer. This is a Blumhouse movie. And she wants to go back in time to stop him from creating this big mess. So it's like Back to the Future meets a slasher. Um she goes back to the 80s and tries to, like, prevent this slasher from even starting his reign so that in the future when she... Because he comes back when she's, you know, a, a teenager, and he was, like, a killer when her parents were around. Um, and it's very fun because, you know, obviously 80s goes back in time. Any reason to throw me back in the 80s is fun. <laughs> uh, they do the whole thing of, like, a modern teenager going back in the 80s and everything's not PC and she's like you can't just say that to people and they're like what are you talking about like people are smoking inside she's like you can't just smoke in here it's like yeah we can uh but i love that it like really takes it it does great things to me that i always hate in time travel movies where it's like just show them something modern they'll believe you so like she's trying to be like i'm a time traveler and they're like haha yeah right and she pulls out her smartphone and they're like oh shit you are that's all it took was like, look at my fucking phone. Like, look <laughs> at this thing. And they're like, what the fuck is that? And she's like, this is how we, this is a phone of the future. And then it's like, 
I love that because it's so frustrating in movies where it's like, just, just fucking show them something. And, (laughs) and so it's like immediately jumps over that whole thing of like, everybody's like, you're crazy. You're not a time traveler. I loved it. But, uh, really fun. Great cast. Great killer. He has like a sort of like douchebag, hot boy, like slick back hair, like almost looks like, uh, Ryan Gosling and drive type of look to him. Hmm. The mask killer. And he wears like a leather jacket. Uh, Yeah, it's pretty fun, man. This is on, like, again, Prime for free. Uh, cool. Really a lot of uh, blast. I loved it very much in the vein of, uh, you know, Freaky and Happy Death Day. Uh, really, really fun. It's called um, what? Totally Killer? Totally yeah. Killer. Awesome. Yeah. And then outside of that, I, I revisited some movies just because they're on in the background on Fear Fest. Like, Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 was on. Christine was on last night. Mm. You know, it's like I have these movies in DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K, but I'll watch them with commercials <laughs> and standard definition on TV. Because I yep. didn't have to do shit. Well, that, and it's just like, That's I don't different. know, something about this, this time of year yeah. that yeah. it's on TV and, and the cuts commercial and fucking Joe Bob's on AMC commercials. I'm like, this is like totally nostalgic. Yeah, yeah for sure. So cool. I love it. So that's what I watched. Awesome. All right. Thanks, Tad. Now, let's get into our topic of J-Horror. Oh, we got some great movies for you. Jason, what's our first one for this topic? Well, this one's actually not from Japan, Mike. Who said anything about Japan? Oh, okay. <laughs> Gig is up. Uh, this movie, oh man, it's one of my favorites. Uh, it's from 1990. And it's called Jacob's Ladder. Every day, Jacob Singer goes to work. What's wrong? Uh, It's one of those days. And every day, he wonders what is happening to him. Maybe it's the pressure, Jake. They're like demons, Jess. They weren't human. What were they, Jake? Let me look at your hand. You have a very strange line. See, according to this, you're already dead. Something's wrong, Jake. They're coming after me. I don't know who they are or what they are, but they're going to get me, and I'm scared, Jake. I've seen them, too. Maybe the demons are real. He's running 106 feet. Ah! This is barbaric. I can get rid of the demons. Who are you? I can block the ladder. Where are you taking me? Where am I? Where do you want to go? Home. This is your home. You're dead. I'm not dead. What are you then? I'm alive. After returning home from the Vietnam War, veteran Jacob Singer, played by Tim Robbins, struggles to maintain his sanity. Plagued by hallucinations and flashbacks, Singer rapidly falls apart as the world and people around him morph and twist into disturbing images. 
His girlfriend, Jesse, played by Elizabeth Pena, and his ex-wife try to help, but to no avail. Even singer's chiropractic friend, Lewis, played by Danny Aiello, fails to reach him as he descends into madness. This film's directed by Adrian Lin, who you would know as the director of Platoon and Angel Heart, and was uh, nominated for an Academy Award for directing Fatal Attraction. Um, so some super quality. I saw this movie back in high school, uh, so really early, you know, and back then I wasn't the intellectual, sophisticated film snob that you know today. I know, it's true, it's, but... Uh, got, got one out of two. So, uh, I uh, I totally, I love, I, I, I watched, when I watched it then, I didn't even think about thinking about there being more things going on than what the movie was presenting me, and and so I was hook, line, and sinker following this guy's um, descent, really, and so what a fucked up movie. Oh God, yeah, I forgot. On the surface, how messed up it is. Like it is a trip. I mean, he's tripping balls. He, like I said, is a Vietnam vet, went through some shit, and like is really having a hard time and starts seeing stuff and things just are fucked and it's so bizarre and weird and, like, you start seeing people with tentacles and shit. You're like, what is shaky, the shaky head shit? Fucking nightmares for me. <laughs> Hated it's it. It's got to be one of the original shaky head It, it has to effects, be. right? And uh, so just even on the surface level... By the time he gets to the end, I'm just like, I love this. It's so fucking weird and cool. And then, you know, just, well, then once you dive into it and, and just realize all that was really going on and kind of what the movie means and just the, you know, all the, you know, him dealing with his mortality and, 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 and yes, I mean, it's, this is an old movie, so I kind of, I'll just spoil it, you know. But well, like, how can you talk about this movie without spoiling it? But you know, luckily, this movie's from 1990, so if you haven't seen it by now, technically, this movie has an ending that, uh, like I said, technically is one of the worst kind of endings of all time. <laughs> if it's said like it was all just a dream, um, but it, you know, we, if you've seen it, you know it's so much more than that. And uh, I don't know. I I just I love the depth of the writing and everything that was going on. I love now all the uh, religious overtones and themes throughout it. Um, I just freaking love 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 this movie a lot. And what'd you guys think? This was a first time oh, watch for I me. I was wondering. Oh wow, cool. Okay. Always been on my list. Always thought it was intriguing but i was like i knew in my at least in my mind i had made up that it wasn't quite a horror movie because yep. i i had seen the trailers i'm like okay it's more of a psychological yep. uh mind fuck it's uh you know has military ties to it it's yep. ptsd i would say this is in the vein of horror that is almost scarier than straight horror yes. like like super dark times you yes. know where it's it yeah. fucks it's like this is a literal nightmare. And for the context right now, um, I, I sort of briefly touched on it earlier. I, I currently have COVID. So 
uh, the last yeah. like three or four nights, I've had horrible uh, oh. fever dreams. Oh, and so oh, watching no. this, I'm like, I absolutely could. It's not nearly <laughs> that bad, obviously, but like, <laughs> goddamn, like what a relatable time to be watching it, you know? And oh. it's like, uh, that's what it's like, but it's way, way worse where he's having these flashbacks and he's not sure what's real. We're not sure what's real and what he's really experiencing. Um, but it's, I, I feel like, I don't want to get too in depth into it, but like right now, a lot of people are shitting on Scorsese because he's saying like, you know, we need more adult films again. Like, and people are like, he, right. he's just mad because he wants Marvel films gone. No, he wants like important, serious this has not one tinge of humor to it. Like this is a uh-huh. dark, serious adult movie and we don't get many of these anymore. Like this taxi driver, you know, just like, that's the first one that comes to mind, but it's like, I think this is sort of what he's talking about is like, we yes. need like just dark, dark, serious adult movies. And, and this is awesome. Like not awesome. I mean, it's, it's uncomfortable to watch, you f- absolutely feel for him. Tim Robbins, is that? Yes. Uh, what Great a fucking perf- performance. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, God, the whole time he is just, you're, you're sympathetic with him, even if he's, you know, a bad, and, and when you see him, I was like, Macaulay Culkin, whole shit. Yeah, and, I uh, knew you were going to love that part. <laughs> and God damn, that's sad. And he's like oh, laying oh, in the yeah. bed and looking at the pictures and, and crying and, you know. Uh, he just feels it's just all dread, man. That's like the best. It's just, he never has a moment of stillness. Like anytime something's good going for him, you're like, well, this is going to fucking end. Not so good. And, uh, yeah, man, this is a heavy one, but really fucking good. Did, did this win like every award? <laughs> Should have, but yeah, I, I didn't look so. that part up. Yeah. This one, it was tough. It was tough, especially nowadays. I don't know how to say it other than, you know, post Andy, just, you know, this guy having to, I mean, we don't all get the chance to, um, you know, they say your life flashes before you, before you die. And I don't know that we all get that, if that's even really a thing, but that's what this movie is. And just watching him come to terms with all the, the bad shit that's he's hanging on to, to try to, you know, get to the good place and let go and, and, and finally, you know, become okay with that is just, like you said, some of the heaviest shit. And I think Scorsese is not saying that we still don't need popcorn bullshit fun films. He's not saying that. We need more of this, though. But, yeah, I want yeah. I want the films that, like, could be studied in a classroom. Like, there's so much going on. There's, like I said, the depth and the, the, the writing that's more than more than so not not just oscar bait like no no exactly like with purpose and yeah so like you touched on the the army and the testing of these uh uh, chemical warfare things is a real thing that people have went through and i watched some clips um just researching a little of just you know of the the mk ultra stuff that they did do and and just how many thousands of U.S. soldiers that they really tested shit like this on, and and I think they think the numbers are bigger than what has even been reported, and how how people really acted, and, th- and I watched some video of people on this stuff uh, that's come out of Scary. just yeah, it's fucking terrifying, and and so to layer this in 
and it fits in this story to tell that part too. It's huge. And anyone who ever had to go to war probably, even though couldn't watch this movie, would appreciate that it's there though. And so, Mike, you said you haven't watched it in a while. Probably not since uh, uh, you and I watched it together back in the old PF house, honestly, yeah. which was also my first time viewing back then. Mm. Uh, yeah, it's a great movie. Really, yeah, really heavy film. Couldn't agree with you guys more. And I, I like it when a movie can put me into the madness. Like, I, I feel like I'm there with Tim Robbins through this whole thing and just looking anywhere for some bit of sanity or <laughs> some relief. This out. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And every time you start to think that, okay, I'm starting to figure this out. I'm starting to figure out where our place is and all this. And then does a, does a 180 on you at every turn. Um, kind of going into it. And I don't know, maybe because I've seen it before and I know it. Kind of going into it this last time, it kind of felt like to me that the ending was was a little more obvious than maybe the first time. And that could just because I know it and I've known it for years. But I will say this. If you are an asshole that's like, oh, I saw the ending coming from the beginning. Even if you do, there is still so many moments in this movie that that throws you off guard that makes you forget that. Like even yeah. that I do know because I have seen it before. I there's, there's several moments in this movie where I I end up getting lost in what's actually happening and not so when that ending does come it's still it's still got that kick it's still got that punch and oh man uh, I don't know if I can think and and I don't care what anybody says it's a horror movie um, <laughs> I don't think I've ever choked up teared up more at a horror movie than this one especially that final scene there with mm. with his son. Oh, oh man! Fuck that! <laughs> yep. <clears throat> yeah, and McCoy Coke is not even credited. Oh really? Yeah, oh, he wow. was like, yeah, he, he was so young. He little baby wasn't, boy. Yeah. Wow, he's got lines. Like why? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why wouldn't they credit him? It was the nineties. And so, also too, just want to point out since I did see this movie later in life than when it first came out, first time watching it was at the height of the tenacious D and so instantly recognized Kyle Gass in the in the bathtub scene. <laughs> as a neighbor. Yep. Mm-hmm. As one of the neighbors. And then this goes back to what I was talking about on the bonus episode. It's like so is that the connection? Cause I know Jack Black and Tim Robbins has worked together oh. a lot. <laughs> and it's like did Jack Black meet oh. Kyle through Tim? Like, how did they all know each other? Because Tim Roth, oh he's, in, he's in Pick a Destiny. Uh, he, uh, uh, Jack Black was in um, Bob Roberts, Tim Robbins' uh, mockumentary uh, passion project he did. That I'm actually into, just by the way. That's uh, true. Yeah, and then also seeing a, a, not burning young, but a younger Jason Alexander. Yeah. yeah. Totally forgot he was in this, too. That was cool. And he's... A little shithead in this, and oh yeah, it's also got Pruitt Taylor Vince in it, who is um, most I think known for Identity, but he was also in The Devil's Candy. And Constantine's got those eyeballs, those twitchy yep. eyeballs. Yeah, he's great. Oh yeah, God, even that, even the opening with the Vietnam stuff was 
Yeah. And right. and and reading the trivia, I'll just spoil one that all that dialogue or most of the dialogue in the Vietnam scene was um, ad libbed, like completely done right there. Yeah. Like, not written. Right. Eric LaSalle, Ving Rames. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, so that's a unified thumbs up from the podcast crew. What trivia do you have for Jacob's Ladder, Tad? There's quite a bit, but I picked out ones I thought were interesting and sort of fit with our conversation. Um, actors who were allegedly interested in playing the leading role of Jacob Singer included Richard Gere, Dustin Hoffman, and Al Pacino. For the role of Jesse, director Adrian Lin auditioned roughly 300 women, including Jennifer Lopez, Andy McDowell, Madonna, Demi Moore, and Julia Roberts. The role eventually went to the very first person who auditioned, which was Elizabeth Pena. Can I just say real quick, I used to have such a crush on her back yeah. in the day. Oh, God, and, she's hot in this, man. I know she is. <laughs> you get some booby action, too, which is great. And it's, this is going to sound weird, but like when it's not just like a sex scene, when it's like how life is when people yep. are hanging out and it feels real, you know, like that's even yeah. like more hot to me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, that's weird, but it is. Um, sir, this served, obviously this served as a major inspiration to the early games in the silent Hill franchise. Oh yeah. Oh, I, I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. I never, that fucking that. scene where they're wheeling him oh. down underneath the cage, like yeah. th- through the Ooh. hallway. Fuck that. Freaked me out. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh huh. Uh, and and going back to what you mentioned earlier, all the special effects were actually filmed live with no post-production. So how they did the shaking head effect, uh, he simply filmed the actor waving his head around and keeping his shoulders and the rest of his body completely still at four frames per second and then played it back at 24 frames per second. Nice. Wow. Isn't that fucking cool? Wow. And you know, nowadays Ugh. they do that shit CGI-wise. Yep. Yeah. But that's why it's so cool in this. That's why it doesn't look... You know, yeah, hokey. feels feels more natural, even though the movement is extremely unnatural. <laughs> yeah, and that's that's what I have for trivia. That's amazing. Oh, I love I love that stuff. Anyway, cool, cool, cool. All right, thanks, Tad. So let's move on to Tad. What's our next J horror film? Our next J horror film is also not from Japan. It is One of the Dead. <laughs> Yo soy un sobreviviente. Sobreviví a Mariel, sobreviví al periodo especial y a la cosa esta que vino después. Este es el paraíso y nada lo va a cambiar. Nota oficial. En estos días han sucedido algunas alteraciones de la disciplina social causados por grupúsculos de disidentes pagados por el gobierno de los Estados Unidos. Este no es un disidente. Vampiros. Oh! 
paisaje, ¿no? Sí. Es una lástima que ese edificio nos tape la puesta de sol. Do I need to say more? Um, <laughs> a group of slackers face an army of zombies. The Cuban government and media claim the living dead are descendants revolting against the government. Uh, this, you know, you, you see the title, you sort of get the idea of where this is going. Yeah. Uh, and it's fun. It has some questionable CGI. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty forgettable but some of the characters really are hilarious to me um oh yeah yeah this i mean it's not it's it's it is but it isn't uh you know the cuban Shaun of the dead it's a guy who's not going anywhere in his life uh tries to take advantage of a zombie apocalypse by creating his own sort of zombie killing business I like when he answers the phone, he's like, well, kill your loved ones, basically. Uh, And him and his ragtag group of weirdos Uh, go out in the streets and they kill these zombies. Uh, Outside of creative kills and crazy characters, it's pretty forgettable to me, but uh, it's it's not bad. It's just not anything all that unique. What did you guys think? I just want to throw it out there that uh, anything I have to say about this movie should not be taken to heart at all because I'm just going to flat out admit it that I was very distracted trying to watch this movie and watching it with the, watching the subtitled version, I retained none of it. I mean, highlights here and there, but, and, and so when you're saying that it's unforgettable, Tad, it's extremely unforgettable for me. As soon as the credits were rolling, I didn't remember a goddamn thing about it. I, I think I agree with you, though, that, and, but again, take what I'm saying with a grain of salt because it was way too distracted to really give this movie a fair shot. But it, it did kind of feel like, uh, you know, stuff we've seen before, nothing really new, kind of generic. And, and to, my point even further on how bad of a podcaster I am when it comes to reviewing this movie, I then went back because I had seen the trailers for years, right? I've seen the trailers. Trailers looked like, oh, this this looks this looks funny. This looks like it could be fun, and you know, and there's fun stuff in there and funny stuff and whatnot. But I'm watching it, I'm watching the subtitled version, and to me, it really wasn't the humor of it wasn't landing with me at all. And then to, in a panic, like, oh, I need to figure out, figure out something to talk about with this movie. I watched, because I've had the DVD, I've owned the DVD forever. So I watched the dubbed version um, that's on the DVD. It has both subtitle and dubbed versions on the DVD. And I did find myself uh, getting the humor more, which is awful to say, because it should always be the subtitled version is the purest version and not not the dubbed. And I don't know if because the voices were sillier, which they are, which could be a bad thing, which most of the time is a bad thing. But uh, I was finding myself chuckling a lot more than I did when I was watching the subtitled version. Um, There is some cool stuff in the film. My favorite scene is where they're completely surrounded by zombies and that truck pulls up with the harpoon. Fuck yeah. And takes that 
wire and slices the entire the truck drives around in a circle and slices the heads off of all the zombies in one one swoop that's freaking cool so that that's a highlight there and there's you know a few cool moments like that Uh, but other than that i i you know was a little underwhelmed on the film and i think maybe too is watching it maybe too late because this was originally (laughs) 2011 and we've seen a billion zombie movies come out since 2011. So this could have been, this may have been more innovative back then, but uh, definitely uh, kind of misses the mark now, I think. I uh, I thought you would have loved El Primo. I would have thought he'd be your favorite character. Help me. Which one was he? The big guy who fainted every time. And oh, he just <laughs> they had to wear a blindfold. Oh, yeah. They yeah, basically used him as like a tool. Yeah, I forgot about him. No, yeah, yeah, that and stuff was funny. Primo sidekick. I don't. What was the character's name? Um, there, there's, uh, La, oh, La China. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. That was unique and funny to me. Uh, maybe a little overdone, like very uh, cartoony in a way, like unbelievable. But yeah, it's kind of what a slingshot. That's fun. Yeah, that was cool. But again, like. It's a product of the time where they almost every cool kill was so CG that some of it was distracting. Um, and then you had Juan's friend who was always like showing way too much skin for his uh, body type, which was funny. <laughs> uh, yeah. He he was sort of a loser. Uh, I liked that, that pair, but it's definitely you know Sean and uh, Ed, you know, from Ed, Shaun of the yeah. Dead. So uh, it definitely felt like they were inspired pretty heavily. Uh, but it was fine. It just not something I'd probably ever watch again. And I feel like I was actually reading a review of it and, uh, they said, uh, where was this is down here. Uh, it probably helps to have a degree of familiarity with the troubled socio-political landscape of Cuba to fully appreciate certain aspects of the zombie comedy. So I have zero (laughs) degree of familiarity. So, um, Maybe some of that it was going over my head, but yeah, for me, um, I honestly thought I had seen it, and I was almost because of the Halloween and Palooza Crunch was gonna just uh, skip it, skip it, and Try and maybe watch a refresher or something. And uh, but I'm like, I put it on. I was like, oh shit! Thank goodness I did because <laughs> this one I hadn't seen. Um, I I really I think I liked it more than you two. That's there, see, I'm the guy who likes everything. Oh, it's about time. Um, but I mean, I, I mean, Juan, great and funny. I'm like, he's just a weird leading man. Uh-huh. The yeah, the chubby friend actually was probably my favorite character out of all of them. I thought he was pretty great and funny, Lazaro. Um, yeah, it's you know, it's a Cuban zombie movie. They tried really hard and it's okay um yeah there like you said there's 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 probably more political overtone than we maybe even pick up on yeah and uh yeah kills creative i yes i too did get i can't i can't deal with blood fake blood splatter nowadays cgi blood yeah i'm like just fucking squirt blood on already yeah like that's not hard why are we doing cgi squirting i hate it i i chalk it up to 
you know, laziness. I mean, I get it, right? You squirt blood all over your set, and then you got to do another take. You know. Well, everyone who came before but them had they to do it. They fucking had to do it. You're so right. Why do you... oh, You're. Kidding. I know. I'm with you. I totally <laughs> agree. And it practical is always better. I don't care if it is. The greatest computer ever, you know, it's Hal from 2001 Space Odyssey doing the CGI work. Nothing reads better when it comes to flowing liquid than actual real life flowing liquid. They're never going to get that. Every 100% of every single CGI blood splatter that's ever been on any film, we all know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guess what, Hollywood? You're we not, know. You're not we fooling any. We all know that it's not <laughs> real. Why do we put up with it? Anyway. Uh, yeah, I know. I liked it. It was good. I, you know, it's, 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 it's hard to, to get a comedy that you have to read. It's just different. It's not that it's better or worse. It's just harder um, for us dumb Americans to read. And Well, at first I thought maybe it was for me that it was just like a cultural disconnect. Like the humor wasn't landing for me because, mm -hmm. because, you know, I, I just don't know. But I, again, I'm just chalking it up as me dropping the ball on this one. Cause yeah, there's some funny stuff in there and I should not have thought the dub was funnier, but I was definitely picking up on jokes that I did not get the first time watching the, the subtitled one. Yep. Yep. So, um, yeah, it's good. It's good. It's just, you know, <laughs> it's all right. All right. What kind of trivia you got for this one, Tad? Not a whole lot out there, surprisingly. Um, I don't even remember the scene. Uh, it says the testicle scene between Lazaro and his son is not a natural occurrence. Lazaro's bits are made from plastic. What testicle scene did I miss? I don't remember either. Uh -uh. Okay. Um, the head decapitating scene was not filmed in Revolution Square, as filming there is impossible, so the square was digitally added after the sequence had been shot. Oh, wow. <laughs> so that whole thing was, yeah. Wow. Done in post. Um, Whether it was good CGI or not, I just thought it was a really cool imaginative kill. Yeah. And a cool cool way of getting them out of that situation. Because they are literally surrounded by zombies, and you're like, oh, there's no way they can get out of that. I liked the scene, too, where they, like, at the beginning when they step outside and all the people are running, and they're like, they're running towards us, and they get the flag out, and they're waving it, and then they realize that they're running from something because they're just so dumb. They're like, <laughs> they're all coming. Ah. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and then the final piece of trivia the director has stated that the English speaking characters unspoken plan. Oh yeah. That, are you following this? Uh, the English speaking character that we see towards the end, her uns their unspoken plan was to steal grandma, the yacht Fidel Castro used to sail to Cuba from exile in Mexico from the museum of resolution in Havana and use it to sail off of the Island. So. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Okay. If you followed that, yeah, hundred percent. That's what I have. Well, that'll help you guys yeah. when you watch it, yeah. listeners. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay, <laughs> it's time to move on to our next film. Not just our next film, but I feel like the film that is most representative of J horror, 
And that is a movie from 1978, Jaws 2. Jaws 2. The terror continues. In all the vast and unknown depths of the ocean, how could there have been only one? Chief Brody, can we go, please? I think we may have another shark problem. Are you serious? Roy Scheider. I hope there's my dad. The whole beach looks incredible. Lorraine Gary. <laughs> and Murray Hamilton. Look at this. That's a shark. You started a panic on a public beach. Now, what if somebody decides to sue us? That's a shark. Did you ever stop to think about that? And I know what a shark looks like because I've seen one up close. And you better do something about this one because I don't intend to go through that hell again. Don't press it this time. Mike is out there. fantasies of evil can compare with the reality of Jaws. This time, the shark works. That wacky police chief Brody is back to his crazy hijinks. He pulls out all the stops out of his magic bag of tricks to protect the citizens of Amity. After yet another mischievous shark begins causing mischief in the waters again. Jaws 2. Yeah. I haven't watched this in a while, but there was a time where I watched this movie a lot. I think I first saw it on cable television back in my early days of... First starting in getting into horror movies, I remember distinctly, and I taped the whole week off. There was this amazing week, right? Right? In, or no, I think it was like all month long or something. Like uh, WGN was showing horror movies like once a night, and I taped off so many of them like through the month of October. And I had those tapes like forever. I might still even have some of those, but that's where I first saw the original Jaws, and they also showed Jaws 2. Um, so many first time movie watching uh, that from that week on WGN. So this movie has a special place in my heart, but as an adult watching it again, I still think for the most part it still holds up, especially if you want to compare it to the rest of the franchise. I, you know. After a while, you would think, okay, this is getting a bit ridiculous. You know, there's another shark that's attacking Amity again. But uh, this one, to me, still seems rather plausible and ups the antics a bit from the previous film. You get that amazing, my all-time favorite moment, the helicopter crunch scene where the shark attacks a helicopter that is so infamous that the Italians felt the need to rip it off several times. Mm -hmm. Um... My only downside, and as much as I love um, um, 
Sheriff Brody, and I, I love the all the 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 um, the character work of the original film and how this film is trying to do a lot of that too, where it's really exploring uh, Sheriff Brody dealing with this and the town and the mayor and his wife and all this that and the other thing and his relationship with his with his oldest son, all this that and the other thing. To me, this movie has always been about even back in the day about those kids trapped in the middle of the water on those boats yeah. and i feel like the movie could have been even better if we maybe pulled back some of the brody stuff some of the amityville stuff and put a little more focus on the kids there's that blonde girl the cousin of so-and-so whatever that shows up and that's about as much information as you get about her <laughs> even though like the camera focuses on her as a if lot. she's a main character yep. and she kind of is because she's with you know, she's on the boat and she's one of them that's like really trapped and with the younger brother um, on on the boat and everything. Mm-hmm. But you don't you don't get enough de- you don't get yeah. enough development out of any of these kids really to care. Even Mike, the oldest son of of the sheriff, doesn't get a whole lot of characterization. Mm-hmm. And if we're gonna spend our, a, a good chunk of our plot on these kids trapped in the middle of the ocean, which I think is great. Yep. I like instead of just rewriting the first movie and adding an all new shark, let's do something a little different. Let's let's make it an open water situation where these people are trapped in the ocean with a shark just waiting for his turn, waiting for the dinner bell. So so that's that's the only downfall now as an adult watching it is I felt like we could have gotten to know these kids a little bit better to be better investment in that storyline of the film. But other than that, I think the movie is fun. It's sorry to hate, sorry all you uh, Jaws Revenge fans out there, but it's the best of the of the sequels, uh, and I think it still holds up. But what do you guys think? I think Roy Schneider himself brings that uh credibility to it yeah he helps for sure yeah like it, i mean it's it's like halloween 2 to me it's like it's not the first it's never it, there's no way they could have made it the first but it's still really good like jaws is like god tier so this you know to do a sequel is like sacrilegious like mm-hmm. even spielberg said it's a cheap carny trick uh but to have roy schneider and lorraine gary back I mean, Murray Hamilton, like most of the, you know, those, uh, the surviving people back and come up with a plausible way. Even Keith Gordon makes a little appearance in this. Um, Just to me, it still feels like it's a serious quality film. Um, And it has still has John Williams score. Yeah. So I still, I, I see it's like a B plus where Jaws is like an A plus, you know what I mean? So and Absolutely. then the, obviously the franchise takes a deep dive, but, um, Oh, I get it. Yeah. But, uh, I still think this is a really quality film and I really enjoy it. I don't know what else to really say. It's just, uh, it's still good. It still has, I just think that, uh, Roy Schneider is just so goddamn good. Even reading that he absolutely did not want to do this and hated every second of it. Uh, does not show on screen. Yeah, I was gonna say he's still giving it a hundred and ten percent. His his performance just literally out. He's got so many like like uh, non dialogue moments in this movie that right. still outshine everyone else in the film. 
Yeah, and I, I I feel like I've heard that about him not wanting to come back. And I, whether this is true or not, but I thought that, like, uh, uh, well, uh, this is just me speculating, but like a term for him to come back was to give him his some fucking scenes to chew on. Because, yeah, that first <laughs> half of the movie, there's just like, just him pondering for this and that. Like, they just don't hang that long in movies, even back then. And we, Like when he's on that shark tower, right before he has his big freak out. I swear, it's like a 10-minute scene of him. He takes off his sunglasses and he squints. He puts on the binoculars, he takes them off, he squints. He puts the binoculars back on, he turns them a bit, takes them back off, he squints some more. You know, it's just like five minutes of him. I, I truly think that there was a condition for him to come back, <laughs> was to give him more FaceTime. And, and and that's where I, yeah, so first off, I think this is the first time watch. I don't honestly think oh, I've okay. seen any of the sequels, honestly. We might have, we watched three for like a 3D episode or something, oh, right? Yeah. Maybe. maybe. But did we I did. Want... Yeah, it was the first yeah, time watch for me. Too, yeah. It was um, the first time watch for me. So uh, you probably were going in like, oh, all the Jaws sequels are going to be awful, right? Right. And so it was better than that. And, and, uh. But for me, yeah, I agree with everything you're saying. I just, uh, the returning cast gives it credibility. It's still shot on film in the locations in the time, and, and it's there. I just, for me, it was like two fucking hours, like cut a half hour out. It's it's a bit long, Of the yeah. front half. Especially, yeah, especially on the front half, yeah. I mean, are you on the same page as me then? Like that maybe we needed to give more focus to those kids? A million percent. Oh, okay. I was so sick of Roy Scheider by the... <laughs> I was just like, get over it. Get on the fucking boat and get out there. Like, it was because it is more about the kids. So he loses his job because he's gone crazy. Okay. I think Bruce Which, looks fine. I love that scene where he's like, he comes home and he's like, congratulations on your job promotion. And the guy's like, well, I, I, I didn't want your job. And he's like, well, you got it. And he's like, <laughs> put, he put pins the badge to his shirt. And he's like, it looks great on you. And I love that. Like, it's just, just a Roy Schneider thing. Yet it changes nothing. Yep. Because he just goes, he goes. still That's chases what he after the ambulance. He still hijacks the police boat. He's still bossing around the new sheriff. Nothing has changed for him. Yeah. From that moment where they. He goes to hijack the boat to get going. It's like, this movie kicks ass from here on out. Like, it was badass. I just was bogged. And, and, you know, you're trying to create this enemy of the new mayor or whatever guy that talks all, or whatever the rich guy was that we keep oh, focusing okay. on. Who gives say, a fuck about the same mayor, but, Who okay. gives a fuck about that guy and, and the council and what yeah, all yeah. that bullshit. I just, like... Well, and that's where it's maybe retreading on the original film, yeah, too. Maybe it's sequel like a, rules weren't developed yet, maybe, um, by then, by 1978. But, like, I think they wanted it to be that first one, and they just couldn't. It just was never going to be. And and I, and I think that hurts it. But, I mean, but we know how bad that these sequels can be, so it's somewhere in between for sure. Yeah, I think I mean, the movie could have gone in two different directions, and neither lands it 100%. Yes, the latter half is so much more fun, but it could have been even better if we developed those characters with the kids on the boat. Uh, 
Or, because the movie looked like it was starting to go in this direction, too, where it's more about Sheriff Brody um, losing his damn mind over uh-huh. the his own PTSD over the experience of the first movie um, and what he went through with that. So they could have gone that route, but it's as if they started dipping their toes in the water, pun intended, <laughs> for that storyline and then quickly just went like, now nah, let's put a bunch of kids on a boat and have them being attacked and trapped in the water. And you said that uh, John Williams' score is in this. Are you sure? Because yeah. I think I heard more of it during the trailer than I did in the movie. <laughs> well, I he, just, uh, I had read in the uh, trivia in here somewhere that because of the like delayed filming or something, he basically had to like do it super fast. And it's like, what else can you do with it? Like, yep. yeah, I just don't know what he like. His how hands can were you, pretty tied, right? Yeah. I mean. At least with, like, Carpenter, it's like Halloween 2, what do you do? It's like, oh, it's 78 to 81. Synthesizers are a big thing now. Let's do a synth version of the score, basically. Um, but what the fuck do you do with Jaws, you know? You, what else can you do? Just They should have just paid him to reuse the same damn score. Yep. And so the score that was there I thought was fine. I just wanted to make Very fun minimal. of it because it was so much, <laughs> so much less part of this film. Yeah. That the first one was and made it a better film because of it. But then that also leads to the other thing I kind of hated about, not hated, but uh, with the score was the fucking bullshit. Uh, oh, there's Jaws. You know, like there was no buildup. Oh, no, no any buildup. Yeah. Any of those shark scenes. It was just like, don't look over there. There he is. Oh, my God. Yeah, it's way more jump, jump scares. Yeah. Than, I mean,. Yeah. As poorly as you can do it with a big fish in the yeah, water, but yeah. uh, all those scenes just made me mad because I'm like, where's the tension buildup? You know, give me a fucking buoy to watch or something, you know, give me something and just like, nope, he's right behind you. And I'm like, and you don't get any of that music, no reason. I, I was like getting mad at the movie for just wasting the potential, that's all, but... It's interesting to me, the more I sit with this and the more I think about it, the more I listen to you guys talk <laughs> about it, is that, again, I feel like we had an original idea with the kids mm-hmm. trapped out in the water, but they also have a, had a tendency to rehash a lot of stuff from the first film, even down to, what was it, the first kill where the guy is in the water and... And then he gets bit, and then he's drugged back and forth in, in the water by the shark, a la the opening scene of the first movie. I mean, that that struck me right there. I'm like, oh, they're doing this again. Or the Jaws is just dragging somebody through the water. But I but I did love how they started it with those two divers going down and getting to see the boat. Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, here we go. That's cool, but then and they do nothing with it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I also really, I mean, I appreciated it, and we know now – like at the time we were probably would have been mad, but now we're like, I get it. But the, even just referencing Hooper was nice, you know? Yeah. So I appreciated it, whether, you know, he couldn't be in the movie, but. It almost felt, felt like at times too, during that first half that everybody had forgotten what happened. <laughs> right? Like nobody references it. There is no. And everybody thinks Brody's crazy, even though they all know what he went through. Right. I, I couldn't gather how long it had been. 
Well, you could do maybe do that I, math based on how old Mike is, right, the oldest I, son, because he's what late teens at this age at this point. Between yeah, not telling me and then not letting anyone remember what happened, I'm like, what? It made me like, well, wait, how long has it been? If everyone doesn't seem to remember, yeah, they like, treat what? it like it's been like forty, fifty years, <laughs> and it's like, like you know, who knows who cares anymore. Right, this boy drowned in the lake. We just don't remember anymore. <laughs> but yeah, but but also pleasantly surprised that like the quality that was there. I was like, oh, I just thought they were all shit. So I'm glad that it was pretty good. So yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah. I think it's been said already many times that it goes downhill fat. They really jump the shark by the time you get them <sighs> with all these intended puns tonight. <laughs> gross. Uh, speaking of gross, Tad, what trivia do you have for this one? There is uh, uh. an abundance, overwhelming amount, but um, I'll take a few that I thought were interesting. Uh, many scenes had to be shot in the fall and winter months, and due to this, the actors had to suck ice cubes prior to takes to avoid having their breath seen on camera. Oh, yeah, that tactic. Yeah. You cool. think that would, like, the numbing of the tongue would be uh, make <laughs> it hard to do your lines, but... Uh, here's a little bit on Roy Schneider. He did not originally want to appear in this film, but had recently left the production of The Deer Hunter, which led mm. to conflicts with Universal Pictures, with whom he was locked into a multi-film contract. The studio agreed to forgive his leaving of The Deer Hunter if he did this film, which they would count as the two remaining films on his contract with them. He agreed to the terms, but was resentful of his involvement with the onset and clashed frequently with director Jenna Schwach. Roy Schneider was so desperate to be relieved from the role that he pled insanity and went crazy in the Beverly Hills Hotel. Uh, There's a lot of trivia of just about him, how like producers brought him together with the director to try to like air it out. And he like, it came to like fists, like they were like at each other's throats. Like they fucking hated each other. So, so stupid. Uh, (laughs) It's a fucking movie. I mean, come on. Yeah. And uh, let's see. This is a really funny one. Um, After reading that Jaws 2 was experiencing problems finding a director, a then 14-year-old Steven Soderbergh wrote a letter to Universal Studios pleading to direct the movie and stated he would even do it for free. (laughs) Universal producer Richard Zanuck read the letter when it came in the mail and found it amusing. Decades later, after Soderbergh had become a notable filmmaker, Zanuck actually met him at a film festival and brought up the letter he wrote as a teenager telling Steven Soderbergh, in hindsight, knowing how Jaws 2 turned out, I probably would have accepted your offer. (laughs) Oh, fuck. (laughs) Uh, I mean, there's just... Wow. Yeah, there's just all kinds of of crazy stuff on here. Uh, I just recommend going on here uh, and scrolling through this stuff because it's absolutely crazy like on one occasion Roy Schneider complained in front of all the extras that the director was wasting time with technical issues that the extras and the extras while ignoring the principal actors uh, just calling him out on set uh, just all kinds of the, the real shark footage used in the film is actually just leftover footage that was filmed and not used in the first movie the rest of it, as we all know, a mechanical shark, a new one created for the sequel. Hmm. Awesome. There was one in here that I, I already lost because I was trying to scroll through and find them. But basically, 
uh, I never got to ride it. I'm sad. It's still oh. at Universal, Universal Japan, but Jaws the Ride, they mm-hmm. had a reference to this movie because the shark at the end would bite the electrical cord and shoot sparks everywhere. Yeah. And then you thought he was dead. Then he would be like a burnt shark at the end, come up for one last scream. Yeah. Fuck yeah, man. I love watching the videos of, of that. Yeah. Sad that that's one thing on the bucket list and uh, I'll never get yeah. to bucket. Fucking Harry Potter. Yeah. yeah. Another reason. There we go. <laughs> All right. Well, that is it for our international look at J Horror. <laughs> what? What's so funny? We had oh. an American film. We had a Cuban film. International. Hope you all learned a thing or two, uh, but don't worry. There's still more Attack of the Killer podcast to come. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, it'll we will finish off the show with a couple of segments. But first, you're going to hear a promo for our podcast network called the Prescribed Films Podcast Network. The PFPN is home to over 30 shows, including, oh, this little podcast called Cracktastic Plastic. Ooh, that sounds cool. The Well... The members of a punk rock band, X-Ray Mary, come together to talk about their love, their other love, retro toys, focusing on G.I. Joe, Masters of the Universe, and Transformers. These guys love that colorful plastic. And they talk about movies too, right? Heck yeah. Sometimes. You can check out Cracktastic Plastic and all the other shows at thepfpn.com. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Prescribed Films Podcast Network, home to hundreds of hours of free podcast entertainment. The shows on this network all have a common goal, providing you with the best discussions about movies and other forms of entertainment media. The PFPN hopes to fill your ear holes with audio joy. Visit our website with links to all the other amazing shows at www.thepfpn.com. Thanks for listening. Welcome back to the show. And now we want to hear from you guys, the listeners. Here's Jason with a shout-out. It's time for... Shout-outs! 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 All right, we asked, what are your favorite horror movies that have titles starting with the letter J? That's what this show's about. I get it. Mike. (laughs) What? All right, so we got over on our Facebook page, we got attacker Emily Randolph. She says, dare I say it, Jack Frost is a must-watch for Christmas in my house, and yes, even the sequel. I love Jack Frost. Me too. It's so bad. <laughs> Come on. Oh, even Joe Bob couldn't save it for me. Uh, Didn't when, we do that on a commentary episode? We did a commentary, yeah. That's what I thought. Mm, I was sick that day. Uh, over on our Facebook group, the group edition, we got Tim Lennerer. He says, okay, Jacob's Ladder and Jaws were both massively influential and probably on lots of other people's lists, even Mike's for this show. They're both great. My favorite part of Jacob's Ladder is Tim Robbins looking bashful when teenagers on the street sing, please, Mr. Postman, <laughs> yeah, to him while he's on the rounds. Uh, Juwan. The Grudge is deeply upsetting. No shit. Uh, Jugface is an out-of-nowhere folk tragedy 
horror. I said those words backwards. Thanks to Hubris Ween, I've seen several films that start with J. There aren't many of them. JD's Revenge is a <gasps> black exploitation yes. riff on the 1950s reincarnation nonfiction book, The Search for Bridey Murphy. All of these are well worthy of your time. But honestly, everyone should just put Jaws on the list and leave it there. JD's Revenge. JD's Revenge is awesome. Oh, yeah? Oh, I love it. Well, that's cool. We finally, somebody's seen something Tim's talked about. It's a possession movie, but like a guy gets possessed by a dead um, pimp. Oh, okay. Up next, we got Brian Clark. He says, are you ready for this? (laughs) Yep. Jaws. Obviously, it's my favorite movie. <laughs> gotcha. That's cool. Brian loves mainstream horror. So uh, then he also goes on to say, Just Before Dawn is yeah, a fun little go. slasher flick. It's a great slasher uh, flick. Jigoku is a little slow to get moving, but the hell sequence at the end is worth waiting for. Jeepers Creepers has some ghastly associations regarding the director, but I still love the first two movies in the series. Yeah, me too. Agreed. Me too. I know no one else on the show likes it. This is true. But Jugface <laughs> is good folk horror. God, I hated that movie. Uh, <laughs> what? Jack Frost 2 is a sequel far superior to its progenitor. Oh, superior? Doesn't take much. Come on! <laughs> And then lastly, he says, Jungle Holocaust is, well, just what it sounds like. For those who can stomach Italian cannibal flicks, it's a good time. I doubt it. Hey. I added that part. How could that be? (laughs) Okay. And then uh, Tim's back in. He says, true fact, just before Dawn pinched one of its kills from the seventh seal. Yes, there's a horror flick that stole from Ingvar Bergman. No, a different one. Jacob McLaughlin says Jaws, obviously, but I also really liked Jacob's wife. It oh, was, yeah, there you go. It was nice to see both Barbara Crampton and Larry Feston uh, being cast in lead roles that actors their age don't get as much these days, especially in the horror genre. Agreed. And Attacker Rose, she says, Jacob's wife. I honestly don't remember the movie, but it's got to do with vampires. That's true. That's all true stuff. Uh, We didn't have anything on Instagram or on Twitter, but we do have something over on Threads. That's right. For the first time. I know. Pretty excited. Uh, Two comments. Up first, we got Jake the Snake 1854, who is known as Jake McCoy. He says, Jason goes to hell. Yeah. No. (laughs) Let's uh, block that guy. Um, and then uh, lastly, uh, we got uh, Amateur Dot Destroyer, who is Jessica Schmidt, um, from a co-host of the Horrorcast on the PFPN. She says Jaws is probably the most obvious. I also love Jacob's wife from a couple of years ago. Jennifer's body is fun. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was pretty good. And who yes. could, who could ever forget? Jesus Christ Vampire Hunter. Yes! Yes! You okay there? You're my new best friend. (laughs) You're my new best friend. I love that movie. I do love that movie. I love that director, even though I can't remember his name. Yeah, it's great. It's great. And look at that. It's that time. Got a voicemail. 
Hey everybody, Attacker Brian here for my bi-weekly phone call, and it sounds like this episode we are talking movies that start with Jay. Hmm. I mean, you can go with any number of the Jaws movies, any number of the Friday the 13th movies where they put Jason in front of the title, you know, Jason X, Jason Go to the Hell, Jason, whatever. But my picks are Just Before Dawn. 1981 for the Slashers or the Campers. Jungle Holocaust from 1977. If you're hungry, you know, if you're a cannibal or you're an oil prospector. And a personal favorite in the Godzilla household that everybody loves, Jack Frost from 1997. (laughs) Who doesn't love a good old-fashioned serial killer transformed into a snowman just in time for Christmas. Me. That's it. Watch some good movies. <laughs> Let's start with Jay. And take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Godzilla. It was funny. He's like, I think, is it time for my bi-weekly drunk dial? Because <laughs> I feel like he, like, dials the number and then looks at the question. Oh. And, and like... Yeah, that would make sense. Tries to figure it out as it goes. Anyway, now everything makes sense. Yeah, (laughs) I just want to give one more shout out to Just Before Dawn. It is a very underrated slasher. It's uh, really, it's a really good flick. We'll have to do it on the show sometime. Um, Directed by Jeff Lieberman, who directed Squirm. Okay, so there you go. Well, all right. Uh, You too can leave your voicemail. Um, Give us a call at 415-952-6857. That's 415-95-AOTKP. Leave us that voicemail. Get your voice on the show. We really appreciate all your comments every time. It's amazing. It's one of the best parts of the show is chatting with you guys. But we have one more segment to go. It's time for Insane's Picks. I'm going to talk about a movie that is far, far removed from the horror genre, but a great cult film nonetheless. And I do mean great. Mm-hmm. What, you don't believe me? No, usually. What if I told you it was directed by a Reiner? Oh. Well, not Carl Reiner. Oh. Not Rob Reiner. Oh, no. Lucas Reiner. Is he even related? All right, fine. If that didn't convince you, what if I told you it was written by a Coppola? Okay. Well, not Francis. Oh. Not Sophia. Dude. Roman Coppola. Do you even know if they're related? I I do. I do, actually. Okay. Roman is is another son of uh, Francis, and um, Lucas is another son of Carl. All right. All right, fine. I'll just tell you what the movie is. It's 1990s comedy chime travel classic, Spirit of 76. Never heard of it? Well, not Uh. surprised. Spirit of 76 is a 1990 American comedy film that satirizes the 1970s, directed by Lucas Reiner, the other son of Carl Reiner. Uh, It's got tons of great people in it from David Cassidy, Leif Garrett, Carl and Rob Reiner show up in it, Olivia... How do you say her name? Deboa? Debo? Diabo? Diabo. She was the sister on um, Wonder Years. Uh, also has Tommy Chong, <laughs> Julie Brown, and even the rock group Devo in this movie. Love Devo. 
By the year 2176, all recorded American history has been erased, causing such valuable documents as the U.S. Constitution and the Declaration of Independence to be lost forever. With the threat of the decline of their future society, three time travelers, Adam Eleven, played by David Cassidy, Chanel Six, played by Olivia What's-Her-Face, and Heinz 57, <laughs> by, played by Jeff um, Hoyle, are sent back to July 4th, 1776 to retrieve America's heritage. But the time machine malfunctions and they end up in 1976 instead during the United States Bicentennial. While attempting to carry their mission, the time travelers dress in period costumes, i.e. tight bell-bottom pants and such. Uh, they um, attend... Uh, uh, they they experience the sexual revolution, pop rocks, disco, uh, long gas lines, and so on. So it is a funny, funny, silly, goofy romp of a film. Very, very unknown. Um, I first discovered it because I'm a big Julie Brown fan and knowing that she's in it. But it is definitely a love letter to a much, much bygone era of the 1970s. Um, and if you can find it, I highly recommend checking it out. It's a good time. It's pretty funny. But that is uh, Spirit of 76 from 1990. You love documentaries. Documentaries? Just kidding. <laughs> oh, that's right. Anyway. It sounded so real. Yeah. Oh, gotcha. Anyway, uh, that is it for this episode and our discussion of J-Horror. Hope you got it. Anyway, so that wraps up this show. Um, if you want to check more of Attack of the Killer podcast out, you don't want to have to wait two weeks for another episode. Well, first of all, you should become an attacker and get bonus episodes so you get shows every single week. Again, that's jointheattackers.com. But you can also check us out on that Threads thing. Uh, also in Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, uh, the letter X, all of those crazy platforms. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you next time on Attack of the Killer Podcast. Oh no, could this be the end of? <laughs> what? <laughs>